One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. We've got a really exciting show uh, for you today. But uh, I realized uh, I had teased the fact that I would be live last week and completely uh, forgot that I was doing an event in Knoxville. Luckily, I remembered before the event began. So uh, thank you to everybody in Knoxville. Had a great time. Loved going to the city where I went to college and and, uh, had some fellowship, did a keynote uh, presentation presentation for them, got to drive a little bit and clear the head. So that was fantastic. And got a lot of travel coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks too. So if you're going to be in the Philadelphia area, we're going to be at LIM for Project Management Institute. That's the Leadership Institute meeting. Uh, So we'll be out there uh, the second through the sixth. Uh, I'm speaking then um, and helping a friend with Live to Lead here in Birmingham, which we'll talk a little bit about Live to Lead on today's show. Uh, but I'll be helping out here in Birmingham before I go attend an event in Orlando with uh, our friend Wayne Brady. And then the week after that, going to be in Tampa uh, speaking. So uh, you can go to my calendar on my webpage at rickamorris.com. Find out where I'm going to be. Come hang out with us. Talk to us about the show. Talk to us about anything that you uh, like to. Just, you know, talk to me because I get lonely when I'm on the road. But anyway, I uh, wanted to bring on today two uh, incredible friends of mine. Uh, I... I mentioned it on the show a couple of times. As, as you guys know, I talk about pretty much everything in my life. Uh, and I have an accountability group uh, that uh, we had started just a few weeks ago. And part of this is, you know, I really think these two people should be doing stage work together, should be uh, doing a podcast together. And so I invited them on today. So number one, you could hear them. Uh, and then we've got a special announcement towards the end of the show. So I want to bring them on. I'm going to actually let them introduce themselves, though. So first, let's welcome them to the show. We've got Chrissy Kromzak and Amanda Lefever. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, me too. There we go. That's us, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> so why don't you, normally I do a little bio, that kind of stuff. I really wanted you guys to to get to know the audience, let the audience get to know you guys, and, and just share with us, you know, a little bit about who you are and introduce yourself to the audience. All right. So I'll go first. My name is Amanda Lefevre. I'm the VP of operations for iRio Group, co-founder of Amanda and Travis and speaker and trainer with the John Maxwell team. I'm a wife and a mama of three. I wear many hats, but uh, my favorite hat and self-proclaimed title is dessert connoisseur. It doesn't make me any money, although, <laughs> yeah, I wish it made me money, but it doesn't because I have a serious sweet tooth, and I combat that with a lot of running, but uh, if you have any suggestions for new sweets, I'm always open to anything, but anyway, I have been an entrepreneur for over a decade now. By age 30, I had owned two successful businesses, been awarded multi-million dollar contracts with the U.S. Air Force and Army Corps of Engineers before I expanded into industrial work. And I know that's all great and all, but my favorite stuff, like my sweet spot and passion is working with entrepreneurs. So Rick and Chrissy, I have a question for you. Have you ever felt just so overwhelmed or deep in like self-doubt that you just wanted to quit, like quit the business, throw in the towel and like go, just go work for someone else? Nine times today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like any entrepreneur can feel that way. Right, Rick? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Yes, like all week. It's crazy. I felt that way many times over the last 12 years. And I've gathered an armory of tools and techniques to help entrepreneurs deal with overwhelm and like self-doubt and positively move forward so they can take massive action in their businesses and lives. And that's that's me all summed up in like a quick, tiny nutshell. Right. So basically, Amanda's a rock star. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, they, and, and I love I love the tie-in of uh, Sweet Spot with uh, Sweet Tooth, right? So there, yes. there you go. Yeah. There you go. We got so some desserts good. we can, we can try so later, good. that's for sure. for sure. Chrissy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am the founder and president of Chrissy Leads, and basically we equip leaders for success. So how did that come to be? Well, back in 2007, I graduated from college with my doctor of pharmacy degree. I got my license to become a registered pharmacist, and I say I automatically got put into a leadership position. So that didn't necessarily mean that I was going to be a very good leader, right? People were following me because they had to follow me. So if you think about it, I mean, who's ever had a manager or a boss who wasn't really a very good leader, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys have had. Everybody I ask, they always say, yeah, yeah, I have. So how do you know that the people that you're leading, and by the way, you're leading if you're a parent, side note, um, how do you know the people that you're, you're leading are not saying the same thing about you? And so that's where Chrissy Leads comes in, and we help you become successful personally or professionally. And that's that's awesome. Do. That is awesome. <laughs> and, you know, if I think about that, too, the awareness that I wasn't a good leader is what comes to mind in that piece. I, I wasn't aware at the time, certainly aware now. So if I go back, right, all the way back to like restaurant management, I, I remember a very frustrating uh, time where I felt like if I worked really hard and I modeled the behavior, then that, that was going to get people to, to follow me. And so I remember there was this guy who was super lazy, never did anything. Everybody loved him and everybody hated me because I was out working them. And I was just a horrible positional leader. didn't know how to get, um, people to really want to go do things, right? So I'll do it myself, right? One of those types of things. Um, But it's amazing when we start to look at it and and become aware ourselves of the things that we could have done better. Um, So speaking of that, you guys are, you know, coaches now, but you've been on this entrepreneur journey, you know, for a while. You know, Amanda, you're 31 and you said by the age of 30 that there was uh, two companies already. So I don't know how that works out for us in the age uh, bracket, but... um, the, the point being is, what about your entrepreneur? Like, what made you guys want to become entrepreneurs in the first place? Hmm. That's, a, that's a good question. So I had uh, very humble beginnings. I grew up in suburbia in northern Utah. We didn't have a lot. My dad worked three jobs while my mom stayed home with me and my twin brothers. And when my parents divorced um, when I was 12, that was a really hard time for us. And I grew up quickly after that. And I knew um, college was out of the question unless I got some type of scholarship. And so my senior year of high school, I applied and I went through this extensive interview process and was awarded like a full ride scholarship to Weber State University. And everyone in my family was thrilled. It was a big, it was a big deal for us. I was going to be the first one to kind of you know, graduate from college. And the first couple of years went really well. And then before my third year, I decided um, that I was going to drop out. 
And uh, my parents were freaking out. Like they could not believe that I was doing this, but I wanted to own a business. I don't know why, <laughs> but I had like this itch. I wanted to be a woman with a business. And I thought that, you know, I was going to have all this freedom and flexibility. Like I could do whatever I wanted when I wanted, but I quickly realized that I was working a lot more than I ever imagined and, and like harder than a lot of my friends that had regular nine to fives. But uh, it all kind of started there. Like I wanted, I don't know, I just had this burning desire to kind of be an entrepreneur, I guess. But Absolutely. Chrissy, what, what about you? Yeah. That's amazing, Amanda. And for me, really what it was is, well, if you're not going to be part of your own life plan, then you're going to be a part of somebody else's. Mm. And that is why 85% of people hate their freaking jobs, right? Right. I mean, they are part of someone else's plan. It's not yeah. their idea. They're involved in someone else's plan. And I didn't want to have to do that. I want to blaze my own path, show my kids that they can do the same thing. And yeah, it's freaking hard. But you know what? It's really fun. And when you have people like Rick and Amanda in your corner, that is that means so much to me. Because I wouldn't have people like you if I wasn't trying to blaze my own path. Nice. Well, and we've talked about it before on the show. We talk about Jim Rohn's quote all the time that, that uh, you know, you're an average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And there's people that constantly seek those five. And there's there's people that feel like average is good enough. Like, I'm, I'm, why do I need to grow? And I hear that more than anything. Why do I need to grow? Or my team needs this, but I'm fine as a leader. What do you, what do you say to those people? Uh, and Chrissy, we'll start with you. What do you, what do you say to those people that kind of say, you know what, this leadership thing's not for me. I, I don't need to go to these events. I don't need to surround myself with other people. I'm, I'm perfectly capable where I'm at right now. Oh my God, Rick. So I hear this all the time. I hear this from people that I used to be best friends with, people that I've known forever, they just think that it's okay just to be good enough. It's okay to be average. And if you listen to John Maxwell speak, he talks about how, why are we celebrating getting another year older, but we're never celebrating growing. Every time we grow, we don't celebrate that. We only celebrate getting a year older. And what's at the end of that journey? We die. So yeah, let's go celebrate that. Let's celebrate that we got another year older and we got nothing done. To me, I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me why anybody wouldn't want to be better. Be better for our kids. Be better for our spouses. Be better for our freaking employees. Everybody. Why wouldn't you want to set a good example and be the best person that you can be? Amanda? Mm. <sighs> <laughs> I know this is a good one. I really got to think about it. Um, you know, to be honest, when I really started uh, working on developing leadership as a skill, like my business took off because my focus and my perspective shifted. I started working with our employees and leading teams in like the nonprofit world. And I feel like everything changed as I started to change. I started to grow and my awareness grew. I became more present, not all the time with like my family and friends, but for the most part, I feel like it just had this big ripple effect whenever I began growing myself. And I had hit this lid where I was hustling and I was doing as much as I could. And 
I just wasn't, nothing was changing anymore. I had just hit the top and, and I had to change and I had to start to grow if I wanted to see anything else in my life change. And so mm -hmm. whenever people tell me, you know, like that they don't want to grow, then it, I don't know, I feel like they've hit like a lid or they can, you know, be stuck in like that fear of the unknown because I know that I've been there before too. But uh, it's it's the small gradual steps that really make a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a big giant leap. And I think that's where people get hung up is that it has to be monumental, but it doesn't. Yeah, I agree, Amanda, too. And they can't see past that, right? Like how mm -hmm. good it really is on the other side. Because how good does it feel to fill your cup so much that it's overflowing into other people's lives? And you can mm -hmm. watch them change and watch them grow and watch them reach their potential. To me, that means so much. And when you feel that, it's more than success. It's satisfaction. It's fulfillment. Mm -hmm. It's You feel so good about just helping other people and you can't do that mm -hmm. until you get yourself right yeah it's more about like the people that you serve and you know the people on your teams than it is about i don't know all the no, other it's, things it's exactly <laughs> it's exactly it and it, it, and we'll, we'll get into my story when we come after break here for a second but the the biggest thing that that i want people to understand is if we come back to Jim Rohn's quote, right, and, and you're the average of, of the five best or the five people that you spend the most time with, um, I'm, I'm wanting the audience to understand and know why you two are two of my five. Uh, and I consider that uh, very, very deeply in, in people that I want to spend time with. Um, and so we'll get into that uh, a little bit, but one of the things I want to make sure that everyone on the, on the show understands is, you know, I, I get frustrated with podcasts when they talk about growing, but we don't actually talk about what we grew or how we grew. And we're going to get into those, uh, issues and some of those stories when we come back right after break and listening to Rick Morris on the work-life balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to this Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're sitting down with Chrissy Kromzak and Amanda LaFevre, who I call two of my five, and that's a, a catchy title. That may be something that catches on here soon. We're not sure. But uh, uh, we, were, we were talking right before the break about Leadership Lid, why we chose to get into entrepreneurship, why, why we decided to grow. And what I love is everybody's journey is different as an entrepreneur. So I was actually not forced into it, but I was running another company. We had a guy who bankrupted us and uh, – Basically, it was fight or flight, uh, you know, either go work for somebody else. Uh, I'd been a consultant. I'd done all that. And uh, I started to look at the numbers and realized that that I had sold enough consistently over years to sustain a business. So I was just going to do it for myself. And uh, the first three or four years were, you know, wildly successful. Uh, but I was a very directive leader. I could never uh, take a vacation. I could never, you know, schedule a travel day without being inundated with phone calls and all these other things. I used to get really frustrated with that. And I used to blame my staff. I used to think, wow, they're idiots. Come on, let's go. And um, I hit a, a huge leadership lid in, in 2012 and decided, all right, well, now I'm going to get back into entertainment. And so I went back into the entertainment game. Really what I was searching for was a distraction. Um, and I got easily distracted and ended up taking my eye off the ball of my business as well as spending myself into a hole through the entertainment business and now was facing basically losing everything, about to go bankrupt the, the whole nine yards. Uh, remember uh, negotiating with my bank not to evict us out of our house on Thanksgiving, like it was that bad. And uh, had to make a decision and, and refocused and rebuilt the business. And uh, that's when I first found the Maxwell team. That's when I started to search and say, you know what, I'm doing, it's the, I'm the problem, I'm the issue. But I don't know that I would have ever gotten there if it wasn't for the fact that I hit that lid. And so I'm wondering with, with the people that kind of fight and push back and that kind of stuff, if they just not experienced enough pain. And, and that's one of you know, John's quote is people won't change unless they care. You know, you care enough about them that they'll change or that they have experienced so much pain that they, they have to change. And so that was my journey into entrepreneurship and, and how I got into this and, and sustain um, one of you and you guys can, you, you can take it, Chris, if you want to go first, just what was your, your journey into like, when did you make the decision? Something's got to change. I got it. Can you remember that? Sure. I mean, what happened is I'm working for somebody else and those people, they never want more for you ever. How many times are you looking into an organization and they're actually trying to grow their people? They don't. They're, they only care about the bottom line. They care about, you know, getting better IT and better processes. They don't want to grow their people, you know, and who, who am I? I'm just a, a number to them. And when I realized that, I'm like, well, I need to go out and do this by myself. And so I became a certified coach on the John Maxwell team. And I became a values-based specialist with Global Priority Solutions. And I did all of those things so that I can actually make an impact myself and not wait on somebody else to do that for me. So that was really a kick in my pants when I'm like, okay, well, they only have me here for one reason. They don't need me for anything else. And I know that I have more potential than the job that I'm in. And nice. so that's what, what started the ball rolling for me, really. And Amanda, you? So, 
Talk you're talking about like, dropping out college, right? I mean, I you made did, a huge yeah. decision. I made a huge decision. I dropped out of college and um, I started my own paint company. We started out painting houses and that moved into like commercial work and that moved into industrial work where we were painting airplane hangars and ammunition buildings and different things like that. And that evolved into industrial work. But I have to say like my biggest um, growth opportunity or kind of when I feel like the universe came down and kind of shook my shoulders happened last year, actually. Um, I am a work from home mom. So I have a four year old and at the time she was three and I had just sat down to eat lunch with her and she was eating her mac and cheese and I was like scrolling through Instagram and what happened next, like literally I feel like played out in slow motion. She looked up from her plate and we locked eyes and she sneezed an entire mouthful of mac and cheese like all <laughs> over me. It was disgusting. It was, in, it was like, I oh hope my you weren't even face. That, Amanda. Oh, I was not. <laughs> but it was like in my face, my clothes, my hair. It was so oh, gross. And she was laughing. She thought it was hilarious. And I mean, it was kind of funny, but it was really gross. And so I went to change and you have to walk through my bathroom to get to my closet. And I did one of those like double takes whenever I looked in the mirror and because to be honest you guys I was I was a mess like and it wasn't but just the Amanda's mac and gorgeous, cheese by the way everyone. you're so sweet but like <laughs> I after three years I still had baby weight my hair was hanging in like greasy strands you know I was wearing holy yoga pants and like my tank top it was super tight like on my around my midsection and so I like got closer to the mirror and I'm like did I shrink my clothes again, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's possible. Like I am not very good at laundry at all. And so I like pulled my tank top up and I turned to the left and I sucked in and I like stood up real straight and tall and that wasn't so bad. But then like this whirlwind of negative self-talk started up and I looked in the mirror and I said out loud, you are so lazy and completely useless. You'll never be a good mom. Mm. Yeah. And as these like toxic words filled my bathroom, I turned to see my three-year-old daughter standing in the doorway and I froze, right? Like she, I completely froze because I was totally caught and she walked in and she was all proud and she looked in the mirror and she turned to the left and she pulled up her shirt and sucked in her tiny tummy. And she said, look, mommy, I'm just like you. Mm. Yeah. Right. And my heart just shattered and I fell to my knees and I hugged her and I told her how much I loved her and how happy I was that she wanted to be like me. But I couldn't believe that my daughter had just like witnessed that, you know, witnessed me tearing myself down. And I felt like a, a failure as a parent because I didn't want to ruin her or poison her young mind or for her to like end up with my hangups. And I realized that, you know, it wasn't too late for her. And in that moment, I realized it wasn't too late for me either. Mm. And after that, something shifted in me. And I just, I started this journey of, I don't know, self-realization and, and kind of growth because I felt like I had hit 
like I said earlier, my lid as an entrepreneur, but as a mom, I was modeling all of these behaviors that I didn't want for her to have. And I realized that I couldn't just tell her not to do it. Like I had to show her how. And so a lot changed <laughs> after that. And it's been like a slow process. I'm still kind of working through all of that. But um, I feel like that was my biggest hard hitting growth moment. It wasn't in business, but it is affected and rippled out in into my business and just my entire life in general. So, wow. Amanda, that is so beautiful. And, oh, and if you really think about it, I mean, there's so, I, I know that story is probably so hard for you to tell. It is. But it's there's so awful. many of us moms that can relate to that, right? Because if you think about it, you go out to your kid to go watch your kid at their school play. There's hundreds of kids up there yeah. on that stage. And you mm -hmm. only see one kid. And you know who that kid sees out in all that crowd of hundreds of parents? You. That's right. So they watch us so much closer than we really mm -hmm. think they do. And honestly, that's a lot, that's a huge piece about what I do too. The reason for what I do is for my kids, because how many hours are we pouring into these corporations and our jobs that we hate, right? 85% mm -hmm. of us hate our jobs and we're pouring half of our lives into giving to somebody else's plan. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you really have to have a strong why. And to me, this, the why is so strong for people like me and you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What's really amazing for me um, is, you know, I've, we, we're in this accountability group. So the three of us spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, but what's really interesting for me to watch is to hear the self-doubt in both of you that you guys carry for yourselves and the way that you see each other Right. And we've talked about this, right? This isn't a new topic, but it is for the audience. But like Amanda, you, you hold Chrissy in such high regard and Chrissy, you hold Amanda in such high regard. And both of you almost feel like you're unworthy of each other's friendship. In a way, <laughs> right. Right. right? In a way. Yeah, I because love Amanda. She's so beautiful. You and both so are smart, just, and oh my God, yeah, both gorgeous, intelligent, super, super positive, super great role models of, of women. And, but, but, you both at the same time go, yeah, but I'm not as good as she is. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's a topic and thing you guys should, should dive into. And I say that you guys should be doing a show. I think that being that vulnerable, as vulnerable as you just were, Amanda, which was so beautiful because Thanks. I can't tell you how many people I feel, you know, I walking through the house today and stepped in dog poop. I hate it. <laughs> right? but, it but at the, at the same time, you know, it's how you guys see each other versus how you see yourselves that I think is such a beautiful thing and something that needs to be explored. Uh, we're going to continue to talk to the two of our five, Chrissy and Amanda. We're going to take a quick break right here and let us pay some bills. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? 
In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. This is Rick Morris, and I've got Chrissy Kromzak and Amanda LeFever. We call them two of your five. And you're going to find out as you continue to listen why they need to be two of the five voices in your life as well. So we were talking about it. We got really emotional there. We all had a quick cry Ooh, on the break uh, with, with Amanda. So it's time Jeez. to lift that spirit just yeah. a little bit. I don't want Sorry about that. that. No, that's, it was so, it's so beautiful. It really is. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things um, – that I think misconceptions that people have about starting a business, being an entrepreneur is that, you know, your first idea is going to work. Mm. Right. And, uh, you know, Chrissy, you and I actually had a conversation um, earlier in the week that talked about, we were bumping up against average. Like we, we both had had kind of a couple of tough things happen early on. I know you're, you know, trying to run an event and, and I had something happen in my business. We said, well, we're bumping up against average here, meaning feel like we could quit. Why do we put ourselves through this? Why do we do this? Um, and I think that that's a, a common fear and a common thing that, that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with. And how how are you working through that? And again, you know, Amanda, you you asked the question as well: is how often do you feel overwhelmed or, or filled with self doubt? I mean, really, it's almost a daily thing. It really can be. But Chrissy, talk a little bit about your journey and how you're learning to overcome some of those obstacles. Oh my gosh. Well, how difficult is it, right? I mean, you really have to have courage and you really need to have perseverance to just go the whole entire way. And when you have people in your circle, like two of my five, Rick and Amanda, um, they really support and encourage and challenge me to keep going. And you need to have people like that in your circle because it's so easy for people to be like, oh, well, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? Why do you want to do that? If that's easy, it's easy to fall back into average. It's easy to fall back into good enough. But those people aren't the ones that actually make an impact because we're not looking for those people. I mean, think about it. you do a Google search, right? Best dot, dot, dot. You, you never look for average dot, dot, dot. Like, you don't want to look for those people. You want to look for the best of the best. And I'm sorry, but I want to be one of those people. I want my friends to be those people. And I want to be them, those people for them. Mm-hmm. So I love I the Google search, it. by the way. I do too. That's, That's fantastic. So <laughs> um, good enough doctors. <laughs> right. Average, right. average surgeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> average open heart surgeon. Yeah. That's hilarious. No, but that's you're, you're, you're right on that. So if we always want the best, why don't we strive for it? Exactly. Because it's and hard. 
<laughs> Very hard. It can be hard and uncomfortable. Well, and the fact is, is that we're never done. Mm -hmm. So it's a work in progress. I always say that, you know, people ask me, well, what does it mean to be a transformational leader? And I say, it's not something you strive for. It's something you serve for, mm -hmm. right? Because if yeah, you're striving to be a, a huge leader and want to be the go-to person, then you come off um, as untrustworthy and egotistical and all those, right? Who's that person think they are? But if you're serving people and really investing in them, then they're going to want to follow you. Those are the differences in the, in the five levels of leadership. But what's, if, if either one of you want to share, what's one of the mistakes that you felt like you made early on as an entrepreneur that you had to overcome? Like what, do you guys have one of those stories? Oh my gosh. Look at it. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on, I have Amanda, so go many. For it. <laughs> so when I first started out as a business owner, I was young and, um, excited and I didn't realize that uh, being a business owner is not all about freedom and flexibility and uh, <laughs> right doing what you want when you want it's uh, it's a lot of hard work and uh, I felt like since I was the business owner that I should be respected so I came across Ooh. with a very positional type leadership style and in the construction world you do sometimes need to be assertive but not to the point that you are uh some words i'm not gonna use <laughs> yeah. So, earmuffs earmuffs yeah, earmuffs i'm not gonna say it because i know that my grandma is listening but uh, <laughs> we love grandma grandma, yeah, grandma. Hi, grandma. Hey. i love you so much i was not gonna say a naughty word anyway so um <laughs> Very early on, I uh, took that stance and I learned quickly that that is not how you build a team or a culture of collaboration. And so I feel like that was one of my biggest uh, learning mistakes very early on in my career. So. so Chrissy, what about you? Oh my gosh. So for me, it was that everybody's definition of a success is different. And overall, we all have to realize that success is not a destination. It's a journey, right? So who do you have in your car along for the journey? And those people are very important to me. I need people in my car that are always going to support. They're always going to encourage and they're always going to challenge me to keep going to the next destination because we can stop at places, right? Every goal we have, we stop. But you got to keep going. And so we all have to realize that success is a journey. It's a, not any place that we ever stop. We always stop. We always keep growing, rather, until we are not here anymore. Right? So John talked about, what was it, Rick? How he talked about how when he got to the finish, he was talked about how. how yeah, there's no finish line. Yeah. yeah. Right. No finish oh, line. Yeah, but, he used mm -hmm. to ask how long, will the, how long will this take? And now he asks, how far can I go? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. When, how fast will it take me to become an expert or versus how far can I take this, this material? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that response. You know, it was interesting. I was talking to uh, uh, Chase Hampton today. And for those of you on the show, you know, Chase from Mickey Mouse Club and the party. And, but he had said something along the same lines. It was, it was really interesting. He said the goal to get in a part, right? He's auditioned quite a bit. He's been in a lot of uh, movies and TV. He said the goal in getting the part had nothing to do with how he read the lines. It had to do, he went in there understanding that they got to hang out with me as well, right? It's, it's not just, can I do the part, but they know that they're going to be on set with me for a week or two weeks or three weeks for, you know, 14, 15 hour days. So part of that journey was 
whether or not they liked hanging out with him. So he would do wacky things or different things to be rememberable in the, in the audition, and that's how he would get certain parts. And he said 150 other people would come in just read the lines but wouldn't do anything to kind of stand out and be there. So I love that analogy you just threw, Chrissy, because it's not just about how we get to the destinations, who we take along with the journey. Can we get along with them? Can, you know, they, they support us and, and have us grow throughout of it. So I, I love that analogy of, of, you know, the car itself. Mm-hmm. You start asking, can you hang out with your, with your boss for 12 hours in a car? <laughs> right? You start asking Ooh. those questions. <laughs> Those are tough questions. (laughs) You know, and Amanda, you brought up uh, the hours that we work. And, and, you know, Chrissy, you're you're building a business right now on top of still, you know, you're doing what what I call the entrepreneur straddle. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. we're launching a business, but, but we still have a job that we have to do. Talk about some of those pressures and and things that uh, uh, come with that kind of territory. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, for me, I have a nine to five. I have my business that I'm trying to build. I have a family. I have two boys, a husband. I have a farm. I have many other side businesses. And it's not easy. I mean, you really have to try to prioritize your time and your schedule in order to get fit all those things in, right? But you really have to make sacrifices in order to move forward. And what do I mean by that? And if we go back to the car again, you're going from one destination to another, right? You're going in the car on the journey. You have to leave something behind. You have to sacrifice something in order to go forward and down the road. And so that's my biggest thing. It's so hard to give up some stuff to get more of other things because we can't hold it all in our hands. We can't hold the entire world in our hands. So who, who calls shotgun? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Shotgun. Can I'm on the chat. Fit in the same seat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'd like I to try. Never mind. <laughs> We're going. Remember, Grandma's listening. So Grandma um, is listening, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so the interesting thing, Amanda, that you brought up too was the was the the amount of hours in the day. So I mean, mm-hmm. Christy's balancing two different careers at the, at the moment. But even for us that are just you know, this is our career is being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the average statistics, you know, average workers right now work 47 hours a week, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the average we're, we're paid for 40, but 47, the average entrepreneur works anywhere from 66 to 75 hours a week on their business. Mm-hmm. And so what I find in, in, in my world, my business is that all the administrative tasks is what I get to do on the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the mm-hmm. eight to five. I'm working with clients. I'm doing what I've got to do. And then there's invoicing and bills and advertising and the website and the blog mm-hmm. posts and all those other things that have to creep yep. in. Um, how do you manage through that? Uh, to be honest, uh, for a long time, I really struggled with that. But recently, I picked up the new habit of getting up at 5 a.m. So I wow. am, yeah, I'm a morning bird and there is two hours of dedicated time for big projects and the things that I absolutely have to get done. I usually work out what my big three are for the day and uh, prioritize those at the beginning so that I can have those accomplished. And then it's, it's chaos a little bit because we have family and preschool drop off and then, you know, working in these isolated time blocks and then it's dance and sometimes it's working while I'm sitting on the side of the soccer field and watching her kick around a ball and it's a lot of nights 
and a lot of weekends. And just keep going. So, oh, yes. yes. If you have an accountability partner, they're supposed to text you at 5 a.m. when they wake up. <laughs> I feel so bad texting people at 5 a.m. You are not the first person to ask me to do that. And right, I'm just well, like, are you, publicly. are you sure <laughs> that you want a text? We at have 5 lots of witnesses right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's, let's talk so. pet peeve for a second because you just, you just, said something though that we, we all work from home all three of us correct yeah yeah, yeah. so does that mean we're available 24 7 to do whatever our family oh, needs <laughs> Talk to me about i that. wish it did i wish it did and i wish it meant that i could volunteer all the time and that i could answer <laughs> but you work from home amanda why not thousands of right, phone calls Yes. It's like that. I think it's like that too for like stay at home moms and stuff. Like sure. you just think I'm not doing anything, but yeah. I'm keeping children alive. Right. <laughs> and that's a big job. So, <laughs> I know I had that misconception before I had kids. And then once I uh, had kids, I was like, okay, wow, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You reminded me, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Colin Ellis, has been on the show. He's fantastic. But we were talking about uh, being consultants through technology for years. And one of, the, one of the things you just said about keeping the kids alive, he talks about Y2K. He was a huge Y2K consultant. And everybody talks about, well, nothing happened, right? Y2K was a bust. And he goes, wait a minute, nothing happened because of me, because I <laughs> saved the world. I fixed everything yeah. before I got out of problem. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things. And I love connotation jokes, right? But he's like, of course nothing happened because you hired me to fix it before it breaks. I did my job. I saved the world. <laughs> That's awesome. Amen. <laughs> so we're going to take our final break right here when we come back though we're going to ask the question we love to ask of all of our guests is what's some of the best advice you've ever received and then also want to make sure that we have a moment to run down how they can get in contact with their new two of their five so uh, we're going to take a break right here you're listening to rick morris the work-life balance when it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we're back to the final segment of the work-life balance. I cannot believe it has gone so quickly, but when you're talking to uh, two people like Amanda and Chrissy, it goes really, really quick. So when we come back here, of course, you know, uh, one of the things I want to do uh, is allow you guys to uh, talk about your websites. How can people get in touch with you? Um, how do they follow you, read your blog posts, all that kind of stuff? So Amanda, really quickly, uh, uh, how do they get in touch with you? Really quick, I uh, follow me on follow me or find me on social. I'm super social. Instagram, Amanda Lefevre. Facebook, it's Amanda Lefevre, real Amanda Lefevre. I'm on LinkedIn, and I have my website, Amanda Travis. So you can always reach me there. But uh, I am available and around, and I love meeting new people. So reach out. I'd love to talk to you. And Crazy. Oh, Amanda's so awesome, isn't she? She's the best. I, <laughs> listen, I'm not that social, but I mean, is Facebook like popular still? It is. For old people. Yes. For old, yeah, but we're all officially old. So for right, old that, people and the fact that we use it, yes. <laughs> all right. So, I, hey, I'm on LinkedIn. Does that count? It does. Chrome Zach, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and then ChrissyLeads.com is brand new. So don't like click in and click out. Put your email and your name in there, and we'll follow up with you and let you know what's going on with Chrissy Leeds. That's nice. awesome. That is awesome. And so, Chrissy, while we're with you, let's. Uh, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Really? Can we go to Amanda first? Yeah, we go to. Yeah, we'll go to Amanda first. We'll put her on the spot. <laughs> go ahead, Amanda. Super. I love when you guys do this. So, <laughs> <laughs> best friends, best friends. So uh, let's see here. So back in March, I had the opportunity to speak in front of thirty-two hundred people from over 60 countries around the world. And I was nervous and I was super scared. And I remember stepping out of the room before I was scheduled to go on and calling my grandma. And she said, honey, just feel the fear and do it anyway. And I have lived, I feel like by that this year, it's my motto, my mantra. It drives a lot of my actions today because fear can really stop me from moving forward and so embracing the fear and doing it anyway has helped me move the needle in my business and my life so. well let me let me talk to grandma here for a second because we know she's listening <laughs> no i need to meet grandma right but let's grandma, let's uh, right, Chris, yeah so let's let's talk to grandma here for a second chrissy because i i saw you hit the stage in March is the first time I had seen you, mm -hmm. Amanda. We had not met at, at that time. And I searched the rest of that because I, I was throwing energy out there going, mm -hmm. I need to meet this this young lady. I, I just need to find out what's going on with her, what she's about. Um, I just wanted to be around you. And so I searched for you all of March and couldn't find Amanda you. Amanda rocked it. Yeah. It, but I mean, you killed it on stage. She so grandma, it. whatever you. you said at the time was perfect. That's exactly what you needed to hear because mm -hmm. she killed it in front of 3,200 people. And then I found out that was your first GMT. So who gets it stage was. time? Yeah. Right. First GMT. Yeah, That's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I've been there 84 years. I've never been on stage <laughs> once. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Well, and then also, too, in regards to that, right, like go through your fears. Because if we experience, um, so like I barrel race in the rodeos and all that adrenaline, you get all of those same responses from adrenaline that you do from fear. 
So you have to tell yourself, like, yes, I'm excited about this, not that, yes, I'm scared about this, because you get the same reaction. It depends yeah. what you tell your brain. Mm -hmm. And so um, just wrapping up this show and really sticking in with the theme, just know, everyone, you can go very, very far alone, but you can go so much farther together. And that's why I need people like Amanda and Rick in my life, because they encourage me so much all the time to just keep going and going further. And, and that's probably the best piece of advice that I've ever received. That's awesome. So I have a special announcement uh, for the audience, for those of you that have been with me for so long. And the audience continues to grow, right? It's 80% growth uh, year over year. Um, and so I'm so blessed that you guys, you know, give us a voice and allow us to have a show like this. And for four years, if I wasn't available, I would just simply do a replay. Um, and over the next three weeks, I've got things that, that I'm booked for on Friday. And so I couldn't think of anybody better to hand the show over to and announce that Chrissy and Amanda are going to take the show for a couple of weeks while I'm out and about and doing what I do and uh, wanted to introduce them to you. And, and we're really doing this as a precursor because uh, they need a show of their own. And we, we've come up with the <laughs> title, so Two told. of Your Five. <laughs> they do. And, and, and for those of you that, that reach out to me all the time, hit me up on, on LinkedIn, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Twitter and tell me, right? Tell me that these two shouldn't have their own show. And so I want them to get comfortable and, and do that. So I'm giving them this show for the next you know, two to three weeks. Um, and, and so excited, so blessed to have both of you in my life. Um, so blessed to call you friends um, and thankful for uh, not only the fellowship, but uh, the push that you've given me to continue to grow as well. Thank you. Thank this has been you, awesome. Man. Thank you. And so next week, as we uh, do the work-life balance, you're going to be hearing um, from two of our five. So why don't we uh, tease them a little bit? What do we think that, uh, which, by the way, just so you know, uh, for those of you that watch us on Zoom, you can see their faces when I ask that question. <laughs> um, but I love asking unprepared questions because I feel like they're awesome when they're unprepared. <laughs> And uh, so what do you think? What do, what do you think of a topic that we're going to run with here? Because I have a suggestion. You do? Okay, of I'm ready. Okay. What's the I'm suggestion, ready. Ray? Well, we teased it early on. We did. Um, and it's, it's I, I feel that, I, I feel it's hard for women to start businesses, number one. So I love the voices and authenticity mm -hmm. that you guys have. I love the different experience that you have. You know, Chrissy, you're coming from the medical world and, and, you know, Amanda, you've had this industrial world and both of those are male dominated industries. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, yeah. and where I'd love to see you both grow is in believing in yourself a little bit more. And so I'd almost like to see you guys take the topic of how you see each other versus how you see yourself and talk through that. Just what, what goes through your brain when that kind of stuff happens? What, what is, you know, what do you think? Like, again, Amanda, you and I have talked about, oh, we love Chrissy. She's beautiful. And she can, oh, stop. And then Chrissy now go, Amanda, she's beautiful. And then you both go, well, Rick's fat. So, um, but <laughs> no, the, no, but, no, yeah, stop, stop, that. stop. But the point no being is, is if I have a conversation solo with you, Amanda, we, we glorify Chrissy, but then Chrissy doesn't feel like that, that she deserves that all the time. And then Chrissy and I have a conversation with glorify you, Amanda, and, and you don't always feel like you deserve that. And I want to dive in because I think it's something that people ought to hear. Um, you're again, both very intellectual uh, mm -hmm. 
both beautiful, yeah. both successful women, um, I think that that would be awesome for the audience to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I tell I tell Rick how wonderful Amanda is, and he's like, "For real, Amanda just told me the same thing about you." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I did not. Don't share secrets. I don't talk about you guys. <laughs> Great confidence over Separately. there. Separately, don't worry. <laughs> we talk separately about you too. <laughs> That's even better. We won't tell you what we say, but oh, we do anyway. <laughs> So again, next uh, weekend, uh, October uh, 4th, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. So if you guys want to swing by LIM, uh, a lot of my project management listeners, we're going to be there for the Leadership Institute meeting in Philadelphia on the 4th. And of course, the big uh, event, October 11th, you can go to uh, livetolead.com and find out where it's happening in your area. Uh, but Live to Lead, Chrissy, I know you're hosting one. I'm helping host one here in Birmingham. Uh, yours is in uh, Albany in the in the Capital District. Yeah, so if you're in the Northeast, please come to mine. It's going to be the best one and the funnest one anyway. So you might as well travel on over. <laughs> and it's a fantastic lineup. I mean, we're talking about uh, John Maxwell, Rachel Hollis, Marcus Buckingham, Chris Hogan, Angela Renz. I mean, if, if you tried to book any one of them uh, individually, you're looking at $200,000, all of them together – right? To, to do what they're doing is about $800,000 in, in speaker's fees just to get the knowledge that, they, that they're going to impart on us at this event. And all of that is, is for less than $200 most, you know, across most of the nation, uh, some even cheaper than that. So please look into livetolead.com, go check it out um, and find a, an area for you. Uh, and so to Amanda and Chrissy, thank you so much for uh, spending the hour with us and uh, sharing some of your stories, being vulnerable with us. And we look forward to what you're going to do with the show over the next few weeks. Thanks Thank for you. Us, All right, gang, that's it for the Work-Life Balance this Friday. We love you guys so much. Continue to reach out to me. Let me know what's happening. Also, uh, you know, tell on, on, on Chrissy and Amanda if they do anything wrong over the next three weeks. Just let me know. <laughs> side note or that kind of stuff. No, they're going to be awesome. I know it. But uh, until uh, next Friday, you'll have Christine and Amanda right here on the Work-Life Balance. We look forward to talking to you then. Please stay tuned to this station. Everybody listen to the show that's coming up next, and we'll talk to you guys next Friday. And don't worry, listeners, it'll be just between us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.